Welcome to the Bethany Covenant Church Sermon Podcast. We are a multi-generational community in Berlin, Connecticut. Our services are held Sundays at 9.30 a.m., and you can find out more about us at www.bethanycovenant.org. Good morning. It's good to see you all. I want to thank Pastor Chris for bringing God's Word to us a couple of weeks ago, and I'm also grateful that last week we all had the opportunity to hear from Pastor Deirdre Clark. Over these past few weeks together, we have been exploring what we call the covenant affirmations, the affirmations of the Evangelical Covenant Church, the denomination to which Bethany belongs. These are six statements that provide for us common language describing our beliefs and our intentions. And as we focus on these six affirmations together as covenant churches, It can help us prevent the distractions and the disunity that can tend to plague denominations. And as we commit together to leaning into all six of these, we find ourselves united, united in serving God and in serving our neighbors in common mission. And during these weeks together, we've used the idea of growing a bonsai tree as a way of illustrating the affirmations. We recognize that just as a bonsai tree is very easy to recognize by a number of specific characteristics, so too is a covenanter and a Christian meant to be easy to recognize. We recognize too that the art of growing bonsai trees reminds us that that this Christian faith is a process. It takes intentionality to be the church, to be the body of believers we are called to be. As Pastor Chris quoted from a website he had researched, growing bonsai is not a race, nor is it a destination. It is a never-ending journey. And so it's one thing to be able to recognize a bonsai tree, but it's quite another to actually grow one. These six covenant affirmations help us grow our church and help us while we grow it to keep the main thing the main thing when it comes to our life together as a congregation. Now, when you hear this word affirmations, it might sound like these are things that we say we believe. These are things that we affirm, and it is that. But these statements are not meant just to kind of get our heads all nodding in the same direction, because each of these affirmations includes belief, but also invites us to act on those beliefs. Being a covenant church isn't just a label. It's a process. It's a practice. And so let's take a look at the interaction between what we affirm and what we do uh, through the covenant affirmations that we have explored so far. We say that we affirm the centrality of the word of God. And so rather than just saying, yes, we affirm it, we choose to keep God's word foundational in our lives, our lives as individual disciples and our corporate life as a church body. We commit ourselves to reading and studying God's word, especially in community, especially together. And we commit to allowing the Holy Spirit to shape our lives, to not leave us unchanged as we encounter the living God through God's word. We say we also affirm the necessity of the new birth in Jesus Christ. Jesus once told a man named Nicodemus, unless you are born again, You cannot see the kingdom of God. We confess together that salvation is found in no other name. We sang about that this morning. 
No other name other than the name of Jesus gives us salvation. And we admit that coming to faith in Christ really is just the beginning, like at the birth of a baby. It's the beginning of new life. And so we allow God's spirit to rebirth those dead parts that we discover in us. And we do that again and again as God's Holy Spirit guides us. We choose to put to death those things that hold us down and hold us back. And we embrace the abundant life that Jesus came and lived and died to bring us. And then last week, Reverend Deirdre Clark reminded us of our commitment to the whole mission of the church. As an evangelical church, we are committed to sharing the gospel and to living it out. To live out this good news of Jesus Christ and the new life we have in him. We're committed to seeing God's kingdom come here on earth through us as God's kingdom people. We actively join God and God's mission in this world. God's mission of justice and righteousness and reconciliation. And so we choose to reach out to those who are marginalized among us and to follow our Savior's example of servanthood. Now this week we turn our attention to the fourth covenant affirmation. We affirm the church as a fellowship of believers. And just as with the first three affirmations, this isn't just a statement we believe, but it's also a practice we engage in. Since we truly believe that the church, the body of Christ, is a fellowship united in Christ, we choose to lean into and live into that fellowship, our oneness, our unity in Jesus Christ. We live into that connectedness. We recognize our oneness in Jesus. And so we commit ourselves to each other, even when that is difficult. We choose to serve alongside each other, to learn alongside each other, instead of living isolated lives or in polarized communities. As covenanters, we affirm the church of Jesus Christ as a fellowship of believers. And this morning, we'll look at each of those words, fellowship and believers. Now, fellowship sounds like a pretty churchy word when we think about it. Maybe that's where you've used the word fellowship most in your life. You talk about meeting in fellowship hall. We talk about gathering for a time of fellowship. But at its heart, fellowship really means that we are fellows of one another. Now, fellows can be men or women. It just means we are fellow pilgrims on a journey. We are fellow members of the body. We are deeply connected in Jesus Christ. And we are fellow students of our master teacher. This is what the Apostle Paul was trying to capture when he used a powerful metaphor in a letter that he wrote to the Christian church in Corinth. He was trying to describe this fellowship of believers and how its individual members were deeply interconnected. And so he landed on the image of a human body. And before I read that, I'm going to get a drink of water. Paul writes to the church in Corinth and writes to us, the human body has many parts, but the many parts make up one whole body. So it is with the body of Christ. Some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves, and some are free. But we have all been baptized into one body by one spirit, and we all share the same spirit. 
Yes, the body has many different parts, not just one part. If the foot says, I am not a part of the body because I am not a hand, that does not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear says, I am not part of the body because I am not an eye, would that make it any less a part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, how would you hear? Or if your whole body were an ear, how could you smell anything? But our bodies have many parts. And God has put each part just where he wants it. How strange a body would be if it had only one part. Yes, there are many parts, but only one body. The eye can never say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can never say to the feet, I don't need you. In fact, some parts of the body that seem weakest and least important are actually the most necessary. And the parts we regard as less honorable are those we clothe with the greatest care. So we carefully protect those parts that should not be seen, while the more honorable parts do not require this special care. So God has put the body together such that extra honor and care are given to those parts that have less dignity. This makes for harmony among the members so that all the members care for each other. If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. All of you together are Christ's body, and each of you is a part of it. I love that last verse, verse 27. Paul's saying it actually takes all of us to present a picture of the body of Christ. The sum is greater than, the, the, the total is greater than the sum of its parts, but each part is essential and necessary. We affirm as covenanters that the church of Jesus Christ is a fellowship of believers. And Paul encourages us to imagine this fellowship by, by thinking about how the different parts of a human body experience their interconnectedness. And if we think about that, we know that the, the parts of our body um, just kind of do their thing. They don't necessarily talk a lot about, about how much fun it is to be together. They simply are connected to each other. They are united. They're united by design, united for a purpose, they're a cohesive entity, even though we can see the individual parts and we see their distinctiveness and specialization. I think that if we lean too heavily into kind of the traditional churchy meaning of fellowship, we might think of fellowship only as an activity, as something we do. We gather for a time of fellowship. We enjoy fellowship together. And that, that is true. But this affirmation of the church of a, as, a, as a fellowship of believers and this image from Paul, this metaphor from Paul, remind us that our fellowship is really much more our identity than any activity we might undertake. A fellowship is something that we are as the body of Christ. And I was reminded as I've been studying this affirmation over the past couple of weeks uh, of the book written by J.R.R. Tolkien, The Fellowship of the Ring. Maybe that's the other time you use the word fellowship. In this first novel of the Lord of the Rings trilogy, we see that this fellowship 
of the ring isn't something that the ring is enjoying. This fellowship is a cast of nine characters united in mission, centered on this one ring of power. Their purpose, their identity, is tied to that mission. Nine companions representing various races, men, wizards, hobbits, elves, and dwarves, were called together with the solemn and challenging purpose of destroying the one ring before their enemy Sauron could seize it and use it as a weapon against them. And in doing so, they would crush the power of Sauron himself, whose very being was tied up in that one ring. And this gathering of nine individuals set out from Rivendell, which was a haven of the elves. And the elf lord Elrond charged them with their task and christened them the Fellowship of the Ring. But he didn't then say, now go have some coffee and treats. It wasn't that kind of fellowship. This fellowship of the ring is who they were. It was their mission. And they were bound to each other and to that mission. Friends, as a fellowship of believers in Jesus Christ, that is who we are. And we are bound to one another and to our identity in Christ and to the mission he's given us. I love that we call our multi-purpose gymnasium space the gathering place, uh, actually, and not fellowship hall, because that helps remind us that fellowship isn't something we just do in a certain room. And in fact, if we think of our fellowship, if we think of fellowship as our identity, as who we are, rather than as an activity, what we do, we might actually think of this space as fellowship hall. Because this space, this sanctuary, is where our fellowship most often gathers to pray, to sing, to hear from God, to speak to God, to encourage one another. We are the fellowship of believers, the body of Christ, joined limb to limb and part to part. And every part is needed as together we make one whole. So we affirm that the church of Jesus Christ is a fellowship and we affirm that it is a fellowship of believers. Now, does this mean that we don't welcome those who haven't yet placed their faith in Jesus Christ? Uh, Not at all. We would welcome anyone here to, to be with us, to engage in many of our activities here at Bethany Covenant Church. Everyone is welcome as we as we gather, as we learn alongside each other, as we serve alongside each other. Faith in Jesus is not a requirement to show up and participate here at Bethany Covenant Church. What we acknowledge in this statement is that the church is a fellowship of believers, is that we agree with Paul when he says that the church is a body of parts that have been united by God in Jesus Christ with Christ as the head. And becoming part of that body does require faith in Jesus. This echoes what Pastor Chris preached on two weeks ago when he said that as an evangelical church, we profess the necessity of new birth in Jesus Christ. We can't be joined to the body of Christ unless we've been made alive through him and through faith in him. 
unless we've seen and experienced the saving power of God's Holy Spirit take root in our lives because of our faith in Christ and especially because of the mercy of God. And so that's why participation here at Bethany doesn't require a statement of faith, but membership does. Our fellowship is made up of a bunch of very imperfect people who share in common a commitment to Jesus Christ, who share a profession of faith in him and a commitment to his mission. Our fellowship, as I've said, is about our mission and about our identity. In a booklet published by the Covenant Church explaining these affirmations, it says the Believer's Church is not a human institution or organization, but a people called by God. And so we're not a club, we're not a society, we're not an organization where you sign a form and pay your dues and you're in. We are made a fellowship by God himself. As God calls his people to him, as he grafts each of us into the body of Christ, and as the, he then invites us to join him in his mission to the world. And just as the different parts of the human body work in concert, we find ourselves in this fellowship relying on each other, being relied on by others because we are different, not in spite of our differences. Paul talks about the big differences between parts of the human body, the ears, the eyes, the feet, the head. He says it's a really good thing that those parts are different. And I think again of the fellowship of the ring and how it ended up in that quest that it was so helpful that the dwarf, elf, hobbits, men, and wizard had such different abilities and backgrounds as they undertook their mission. And so as we look around at our own fellowship, we will see people who are different from us, people with different perspectives and different gifts. And we trust that God has brought us together on purpose for our purpose, for the mission he's given to Christ, for that slice of the mission he's given to Bethany Covenant Church in this time. As members of this fellowship, none of us is perfect, but we are connected to each other. We do need each other, imperfections, differences, and all. And as I think about our unity in Christ, our oneness in his body, I'm reminded that this is what the table of our Lord really represents for us this morning. We don't come to the bread or to the cup because we're perfect or because we're even remotely worthy. In fact, we come because we need our Lord Jesus, and we need one another. This is why we celebrate together and gather together at the table, because of our connection to him and to each other. In a few moments, we'll come to this table, and each one who is a member of the Fellowship of Believers, whether you're a member at Bethany or not, is welcome to come to the table and participate We'll participate as individuals, but I invite you to take a look around and see how the whole body is reflected as we together come and participate in this sacrament. This table is the body of Christ drawing near to the body and blood of Christ. It's the members coming together around this purpose that we may be sent into God's mission. Would you join me in prayer?
Lord God, thank you for uniting us to your son, Jesus, and to each other through saving faith and through new life in Christ. Holy Spirit, would you be at work in this body, in our fellowship? Help us to bear fruit by your power at work in us. Make us people of the living word and keep us faithful, God. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.